0: Using Rocket Pro TPO is like managing a team of all-stars. Our Powerhouse squad approaches underwriters, complete document reviews, and initial underwrites in just one day. With our industry-leading mortgage insurance and with a wide variety of products to use, your mortgage game will have zero weaknesses, helping you and your clients win more closings against today's tough competition. Rocket Pro TPO, compete at the highest level. Call for cost information and conditions, equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030.
1: You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen DuPlessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen DuPlessis, mortgage mastery mentor and head chicken charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting.
2: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen DuPlessis. I am so excited today because I have a wonderful guest by the name of Wendy Hart. And first of all, you're absolutely beautiful. And I really just appreciate you coming on the show today. And your beautiful inside as I'm learning as well. But I want to share with everybody a little bit about you and what you do. So bear with me while I take a minute to read her bio. Not the whole thing. It's very long. That's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. She's an international speaker and coach and the creator of the Procrastination Cure, a complete system that compels you to follow through and make more money. I don't really know that I need to say anything else after that. (laughs) But one of the things I thought was really neat is that she's coached pro golfers and entrepreneurs and business owners to help reduce anxiety and overwhelm to increase their sales performance which is really key for what we want to talk about here today on Mortgage Lending Mastery. So, Wendy, welcome to our show.
0: Thanks, Janet. It's so nice to be with you again. We had the privilege to meet at a conference, and we just connected and had this simpatico. So it's just great to be yeah. here and share this kind of science with your listeners. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I love it. Okay, so we're going to get a little scientific, but we're also going to get a little technical. Because we want Mm -hmm. both sides of this, I know one of the things that you really focus on is a procrastination cure using NLP, which is—I know you can say faster, but I want to learn how to. I can't say because I have the acronym for it: neural. Right,
0: neuro-linguistic
2: programming. My daughter-in-law actually has a master's degree in linguistics. Ah. now I got it. (laughs)
0: The science of excellence, like most of the people that are super achievers in the world have all had coaches along the way, like Olympians, and many of them have used the brain science, or that's one technique that comes at it from a different direction. Yeah, and I've been exposed to it
2: as a speaker with my coaches and things like that. There's a lot of that that's out there. So what I would like to just start off with is tell us why you have such a passion for this particular topic. And I know you have a passion for a lot of topics, but this particular topic, what brought you to this?
0: Necessity is the mother of invention. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was the most profoundly stuck person that you've ever met. You had an interesting upbringing. I had an upbringing that was too colorful. I like to say even for the Jerry Springer show for people that are Americans listening to this. (laughs) It was just, it was too nuts for reality television. I had very brilliant, attractive parents who were also very mentally ill. And they were abusive to a degree that's hard to describe. So my brother and I grew up with nervous systems that were attuned, they were programmed really, to be in survival all the time. I was afraid I was gonna die all the time. And this is from a young age and you're swimming in chemistry. So I had procrastination, overwhelm, self-esteem lower than dirt. And just, I had a startle response like the moon. I would jump into the air. And so it was really hard to function. But thankfully, when I was a little kid, I remember thinking, if I ever make it out of this house, I am going to discover, darn it, what the hell lets people thrive and be happy. And then I'm going to tell everybody that will listen. So by the time I was in college, thankfully I got a scholarship to college. And while other kids were going to parties, I was in the library reading psych abstracts, trying to figure out how I could handle my nightmares and all that stuff. But I went on this crazy quest for decades yeah, everybody else is dating and Wendy's reading. It was, but the gift in this, the gift was, so I had a particular kind of curiosity and drive and an ability to cherry pick because I went through stuff so other people don't have to, like the studying. I studied brain chemistry and I had lots of therapy, which was great, and neuroscience and hypnosis. And every personal development program and you name it and I read I got my life out of books as you can yeah, see because raised by Wolf. I love reading. But I cherry picked because nothing mm-hmm. worked, right? But these little bits put together became a new original recipe. So it started after college I was singing. I was working as a singer in Chicago and dancer. I wanted to go to Broadway and I wanted to heal so I wouldn't age out of all of that. Right. Desperate. But I got over my stage fright with this recipe. Brain chemistry, sneaky brain hacks. Yeah. So I ended up teaching, natural teacher. I taught 300 different singers in Chicago how to do it, but we were poor. That's a population that has no money. I was like, where else can this go? Yeah. But it worked to get rid of anxiety and overwhelm and have people follow through. So I'm like, where else could it go? So I don't golf, but I said, who golfers, this would help them not clutch on the course. So I called her on and said, who knows somebody? And a, and a friend of a friend said, I know a guy who's tried 20 years and he can't break 90 and he's had three lessons a week for 20 years. And then in a dozen phone calls, he was scratch. On the phone, and I never met him. It was just the same brain science. And then his course thirty-five year record in the PGA with five phone calls with me was nutty. So that was working, and that's how I got into sales because I started coaching golfers, and I still coach golfers and get crazy results with them. But people that golf for fun, a lot of them had businesses and they were entrepreneurial, and they would say, "I dropped nine strokes already, but I'm selling better. Can you help my team?" I'm like, "Yeah." So then it became the call reluctance, who is the stage yeah. fright carer, and then it was the golf, right? And then your best mental golf, and then it's the call reluctance care. And that was good. But then I stumbled upon a woman who was an ex-Tony Robbins trainer, and she had a collection. She had a group of several thousand home-based businesswomen. And I didn't know that I'd like them, and I fell in love with coaching them because they were very coachable. But the point with when people are entrepreneurial, when you're running your own business, there's no one to be accountable. You're not punching a clock. You've got to do it on your own. And I found that particularly when people had a home office and they were trying to juggle and they're being pulled by family members and their anchors and there are all these things, it's so easy to get distracted and then people would not follow through and they would go to shame. So that's how it got the name, the procrastination cure. But the truth is this could equally be called the overwhelm cure or the great reducer of anxiety. So the same brain science works for that. And I moved from a woman who should have been dead 20 ways from Sunday to thriving now. And I get to serve clients. I've served thousands of people on six different continents to triple their follow through. And so the the system is quite interesting. It's hacks from all over the place, but they're the opposite. I'm the opposite of Gary Vee and Tony Robbins. And these are great people that I admire, but I do the backdoor sneaky way, not the driven willpower way. Yeah, because one of the
2: things that the subtitle of my podcast is Stop Talking, Take Action, Get Results. Yeah,
0: (laughs) this is great.
2: Yeah, which for me is like, just stop it. Just stop it. Just stop talking and take action and get results. The challenge is always, I want to stop talking. I want to get results, but I don't know how to take the action because maybe you know what to do, but you don't know how to do it. And that's what I feel from my coaching's perspective is what keeps people from taking action is they just don't know how to do it. It may not be that they're procrastinating now. And I know you're going to counterbalance this and I want you to, because I know there's yeah. steps to it. But a lot of times people just are numb because they just, they like, I know I need to do this. I actually don't know how. And well then the next, let's find somebody. But right. they get so trapped into the, I don't know how, they don't even recognize the resources and tools that might be available to them. But you're going to go deeper into this. And that's what I'm curious about is what are some triggers that people could use? A hack, right? Like you were saying, are there triggers that people could use it when they identify that they're in that procrastination mode? Or I have a client who is a perfectionist.
0: Yes, which goes hand in hand with this.
2: Perfect before she can take action and nothing will ever be perfect. So she therefore doesn't take action. So are there some triggers that we could identify in ourselves and some exercises we could do or some self-talk we could do that would help us get over that hump to at least start exploring what the next step might be? There are,
0: but I'm going to backtrack a little bit because there's a couple things we need to cover first or people will just be lost. Okay. So everything you said was completely accurate and there are two different segments of people. So you work with the people who are paralyzed because they actually don't know what to do. And that's completely valid because that does freeze people up and it doesn't work. But there's a, another slice, which I find, which is maybe bigger, because if people are really honest to goodness to tell the truth about it, most people actually know what to do. Right. If and you ask,
2: with a lot of my clients that are like that, they know what to do. They just don't have yeah. to do it, right? In, well, or, they don't, they, or they don't take
0: action to learn how. Because if you said it were about somebody else, right? If you ask somebody the question, okay, so I'm in mortgage lending, and I'm stuck, and I'm not calling my people back. What would somebody do who didn't have my limits or considerations or beliefs or any of that background, if somebody really wanted to win at this, what would they do? Most people can list exactly what steps you need to take to get the results you want. So they actually, most people know what to do, but this get themselves to do it. It's more of a can't get yourself to do it, not won't get yourself to do it. And here's why, because I'm coming from the physiology side and the brain explanation is all accurate, but it has a big giant presupposition in it, a presumption that I think gets most people into trouble. You miss top Zero Zero Three 3% of success in the industry are brilliant at what most people are not you have a little bit of a brain difference, I'm going to contend, even though you grew up and overcame incredible adversity, you also have a little bit of nervous system attunement difference that's Mm -hmm. different than what most people have. So I have a lot of compassion. Like my first premise is procrastination is not your fault. It is nobody's fault. So every place that people listening are feeling ashamed because the nuns or the teachers or the parents or everybody said It's a function of you being too lazy or it's your character issue. It is not a character issue. It's not
2: organized or, yeah, there's a lot of,
0: yeah. It all comes with that. But what if you knew the physiology? So if you'll bear with me, I want to take a minute and a half to explain what we should have gotten in eighth grade that is creating all the confusion and the shame. Okay. So everybody right now, call up a picture of a brain in your mind's eye. And when we do that, we get one big gray squiggly something, the brain. Yeah. But That's not it. Yeah, with the twist. Yes, with the stem. Very good. Okay, but it's not actually one brain. It's three brains stacked on top of each other, which people might know, but there is something important that's been missing. So we have got three brains. The bottom brain is this reptilian. Well, it's the oldest, but it translates every single thing or hear or taste or touch or feel, everything you perceive into something to eat, something to fight with, something to run away and hide from, or something to have sex with. Okay. So the scientists call this four Fs food, fight, flight, fooling around. These are your four, (laughs) keep it clean, right? Four F's, okay. So it translates, it's very primitive languages. Mm -hmm. The one above that, the middle brain, is your limbic system, which is where all the emotions come from. And that one has only two languages, And it's so primitive, pain and pleasure. Either, oh, I got to get it right now, short-term gratification, or run, I could die. Yeah, there is the bottom and then this, but the limbic system in the middle brain. Now, your top brain, where we're talking right now, which I affectionately call our thinking brain, is very late. It's very new, kind of after body. You know what I mean? This is new for humans. And this, we think, because we're smart and we're advanced and we're not like cavemen, we think that top brain is running the show. And we ought to be able to get ourselves into action. And we ought to be able to follow through when we know what to do, because right. darn it. <laughs> but it's, I'm human. it's not. I'm smart. Come on. I'm smart. Right. Come on. Yeah. But what we're missing, what they didn't tell us in eighth grade, which it would take so much shame and guilt away. We are 21st century humans running around with caveman era brain and circuitry, and nobody ever gave us the operating manual. So here's the thing. Every single thing you see, read, hear, touch, taste, smell, Interact with all that sensory information gets filtered from the bottom two brains first. It doesn't go to your top brain first, it instantaneously goes to the bottom two. And in the middle brain, there's an alarm, which people have heard of called the amygdala. You do not need to know how to spell that or remember, but it's an alarm. Yeah. And we discount it, we think it doesn't matter anymore. But when the alarm gets tripped, it sends chemicals down that make you feel stuck and foggy brained, and it's very hard to move forward. Since the two bottom brains are the gatekeeper, and sadly, since everything back in caveman days, the way we're wired is that everything unknown is dangerous. Yeah. Doesn't make logical sense. These things do not make logical yeah, sense. Wires. Up. Yes. Or whatever but- you want to say. It's like, cuts off. It cuts off. The scientists call this cortical inhibition. So- back in caveman days, when the saber-toothed tiger was running at the caveman, the blood left his top brain and it went to the parts of his body so he could run really fast. And it happened in an instant. You don't logic this out. It's just boom. When this happens and the blood leaves your top brain, you can't think straight in. However smart you were this morning when you got up to make your to-do list, you don't have it anymore because this has happened. And until you're Feeling safe and your nervous system re-regulates, you can't think straight or get stuff done on your to-do list. Now, a lot of people listening may have heard this part so far, but the pieces that you're missing are, wow, there's so much in the topic, but this is vitally important. OK, so number one, everything unknown is considered dangerous by your brain. And the difference is back, even our grandparents' generation, right? There weren't that many bits of information flying in. Now we have billions of bits. So our nervous system is in constant hyperarousal because we can't and you know that impulse you have to get through the inbox of your life, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to get through all your emails? It'll never happen. Yeah We're always going to have more coming in than we can process. So there's this feeling like this. Now there's the difference between you. Jen, super achiever and other straight A super achievers in the tribe, but what's the difference that you can just do this? A lot of it you're born with. So they say about 70% of what kind of our our triggers Mm -hmm. are nervous system attunement. If you're in the soup in your mother's womb, and when you come out like 70% of say your attachment style you took hers on. So if you had a really agitated, anxious mother, my mother used to jump in the air when she'd hear a telephone ring. I still don't like the sound of those old fashioned phones. Do you know what I mean? Like the ringtones because she used to hold me in her arms and jump in the air. So my nervous system attuned to that. So the bottom line of this is that number one, when people procrastinate, when your people are not wanting to make their sales calls, your little alarm in the middle and the bottom two brains have linked that to danger. Yeah, It doesn't make any logical sense or rejection, but rejection is danger because, and that's not even cultural, that's hardwired into your biology. In caveman days, if you pissed off the head guy in the cave and you got rejected, you were out with the kids and y'all died. So rejection is really tied in with survival. Mm -hmm. So it's nobody's fault, but I'm here to say that, all right, every time your alarm gets tripped, a chemical cascade comes down through the body. And it speaks to the organs in your body. So this is why you get a lump of dread in the pit yeah. of your stomach. <sighs> yeah. Right. Or a vice around your head. You have a headache or you feel like oh, you have so. the weight of the world. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, all that. And then it's really hard to move forward. But here's a better way. I need to pull a string on me. I could just talk about the science of this forever. But <laughs> oh, she, there she goes. But for people listening right now that are thinking, well, Number one, that doesn't happen to me because I don't feel that very much. Right, It's happening all the time. It's like a little morphine drip all day. You get up in the morning and you're very clear and you know what you're going to do and you make a do-do list. And by four o'clock, you're saying, what happened to this day? And yeah. why didn't I do it? And even things like the pile of laundry that you walked past over there you felt bad about, that's linked in the same way. Anything you're procrastinating on means that the little alarm has attributed some amount of danger. To that, so it's a tricky thing. But the last thing is, when the blood leaves the brain, sometimes people are skeptical and they're like, "Is that really true?" So just I, think of this: think of a time that you were really confident and happy. Maybe you were dancing, or maybe you were in a social situation. Maybe somebody listening was at a, an office Christmas party, whatever. You were looking good and on top of your game, and then some schmo came into your space. Somebody said something rude. They came into your space and surprised you. Somebody with some cutting remark, or they undercut you. And when that happens, at least for the women anyway, but usually everybody, when you're surprised by somebody like that, you're shocked, your jaw falls open. You, your shoulders you, shrug. Your shoulders shrug. Yeah. But you can't think of anything to say. You are that yeah. big like, I must, I'm the loser. Can't think of my I comeback.
2: Had, yeah, I wish I had thought about that
0: when I was there. Yes. And then when does it pop in your head? After when- you go home, Yeah, when the blood goes back up. Yes, yes. You go home, you're in bed under the covers. In the middle of the night, your eyes pop open. Oh, I know exactly what I should have said to him. Oh, and I'm more a bigger loser. Why couldn't I think of it? Because your brain was in jail. Yeah. You couldn't access how smart you are because that's how fast it is. It's like pulling your hand back from the hot stove. You don't get to choose So all these places, when we procrastinate, it's not our fault. We're going to get to solutions, I promise. But people need to know this because, so here's that presupposition I was saying about you and why I'm different than all the Gary V's and the Tony Robbins of the world and everything. Because that idea of you just should do it, just do it for many people, for everybody, that's a top brain thing. Willpower is a top brain thing. And if your top brain is locked in jail temporarily, no amount of that will actually move you forward. The job is to get out of jail and getting out of jail is a function of being safe. You cannot logic your way out of it. You cannot just learn it out of a book. You have to create enough physiologic safety and your nervous system calms down so the blood can go back up to your brain and you have to retrain that little alarm so that it figures out, which is a longer term process. I mostly work in like 90 days. I'm always like 90 days. Because you can't just decide and with a whip and say, change, damn you. (laughs) Right. It learns through, yeah, Yeah. and safety connected with habit and changing your chemistry so it's not so like this all the time. Is this making sense so far? It is. Yeah, no, I love it. In fact,
2: it's so funny because what I was writing down a few seconds ago is that I'm amazed. What I'm interested in, I'm interested in the solution and how I can Mm. change this because I'm much smarter in the middle of the night and in the morning. And that's why I think. When people say "let me sleep on it," better decisions, right? Because they're smarter through the night. Occasionally, because it is occasionally, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I, when I do the Ellen DeGeneres thing, which if you've ever watched her stand up, she says that she's trying to memorize things that she needs to get done, and so she'll come up with songs. phone, like, oh. ice, mascara, phone, ice, <laughs> and she'll come up with this list and she'll start singing these songs. My song gets so long, and then I go P I. PIM. And so I'm doing yeah. these things and it gets so long that I'm like, oh, screw it. And I get up and then I put the list down. And then all of a sudden I have five times as many things as I had in my little memorization song. All of a sudden, oh. I need to do this and this and, this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And then I go back to bed and I sleep soundly. Sure you do. I can't make phone calls in the middle of the night. So I need to sleep. Oh, got <laughs> it. In the middle of the night when I'm like, got it.
0: My right. first of all, it's really smart of you. I like your way better than Ellen's way. Ellen's is really funny and mnemonics work, but if you've got a longer list, that'll just wake you up and create adrenaline and then it's better to get up, which we don't want to do. We don't want to get out of the warm, snuggly blankets. But if you can do a brain dump, then there'll be a let go and then you can sleep in an easier way. But the other reason you're having things float up in the middle of the night is because It's not so much a top brain. See, that's what it is. When we go to sleep, we relinquish the controls. We're not trying to make ourselves figure it out, understand. We release. And this is the same reason that people get amazing epiphanies in the shower. You're not focused on it. You're soaping up and you're not trying. And then all of a sudden, whatever you went to bed with a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And then it pops into your head because your intuition and your inner knowing and your wisdom doesn't come from your top brain. It's from a different place and it only pops in when you feel safe and relaxed and you're not trying. So it's very counterintuitive because all the productivity gurus have had this kind of muscle thing. Do you know what I mean? Push through and muscle over it, but it just makes things worse, which is why I'm always saying what you're usually doing to make yourself unstuck is usually making you more stuck like this because people can see me. Okay. So when you've got two parts inside. Yeah. We've usually got many fighting, but let's say part of you completely wants to make your sales calls and you want to increase your revenue and you know what you need to do and you want to do it. And then you've got this other part that's, I want to watch Netflix and I go drink a beer and I don't want to do this. And so you're fighting them. Almost every guru will tell you what you need to do is beef this one up or the native Americans, which dog are you feeding? You know what I mean? The good dog or the lazy, right? Which one? And everybody is trying to do this to overpower this one. What nobody tells you is in this idea of fighting the more you beef up this guy, you are silently going sending this one to the gym. Yeah. They will always match yeah. and you, all you're doing is creating more competing chemical cascades. Yeah, so this direct onslaught way, make myself way not so useful. Willpower works for a small number of people. You're incredibly good at it. I have been way better at it than most people, but I'm here to say it just costs you too damn much. There's other backdoor ways where you can work with your physiology, you can relax, you can train the body. As soon as your alarm figures out that something isn't dangerous, good lord. Then it's really easy to make these kinds of sales calls. Yeah, how can I explain this best? Do you have a question? I can keep going. Like I said, pull the string and I'll just talk. But
2: <laughs> I think that people are listening are saying, Okay, so I'm hearing you. What do I do? Is there a technique? What should I okay. to help me get over this? <sighs>
0: I know. And see, the reason I haven't got this in a book, the reason I have it in a system that you listen to, to go through Mm -hmm. your unconscious mind, because if I, first of all, I couldn't do a list in the time that we have together, because I've got about 200 tools here, but, and I will give actionable things here, but right now people are hungry, but the filters through their top brain. So it won't stick. No transformation happens. But I'm going to first point somewhere that you'll never forget. So let me tell you this story. That'll be for your unconscious mind as well as your top brain on how we do it. Okay, where the solution is and it's going to help. Okay. Completely, utterly true story. So a woman is very overweight and out of shape and she has been to a bunch of doctors and they've said, you have to get this under control or you won't be here very long. But her big deal is that she hates exercise and exercises like the saber-toothed tiger to the alarm in her brain. She has tried and failed at every program. She even has a big, good quality treadmill in her house. She can't stand to even look at it. It makes her sick. So she goes to another doctor who knows some of this brain science and he says, okay, we're going to come through the back door. What do you like to do in the morning? What's your favorite part of the morning? Because mornings matter for everybody. It's easier to get into momentum in the morning. And she said, that's easy. It's my first cup of coffee. And when I read the paper, that's the best part of my day. All right for the next two weeks, I want you to have your coffee and your paper while you're standing on the treadmill, but do not turn it on. So that's weird, but she's desperate. So she does it. And after a couple of weeks, she goes back to the doctor, but she begins to notice she doesn't feel sick looking at the treadmill anymore. Right. So then he says, okay, now we want you to, after you're done with your coffee and your paper while you're standing there, turn it on for the lowest setting, absolutely flat for one minute, and then turn it off and go to work and celebrate because you did well. She's okay, this is nutty. So she does that for a week. And then the next week, it's two minutes. And right here, when I tell the story, people think two things. They think, good God, would take me 125 years to get to my goal at this rate. And, oh, she's talking about baby steps and I've already tried baby steps. We're not, because baby steps are like Mount Kilimanjaro compared to what I'm talking about. We're talking about things that are too small to count for any part of the system. So you can sneak in under the tripwire of the alarm but the point of the story is she took all the pressure off and she just did follow the prescription and she added a, like a minute a week. And somewhere after a couple of months, the alarm got the message. The alarm went, oh, holy smokes, exercise isn't a tiger. And her curve went straight up. It went from like this to straight up. And all of a sudden she was running a mile a day. She got fit. She never stopped. It was easy. One of the points of the story is, that she didn't need anything extra. Because people looking at her would have judged her and said, she doesn't care, she's let herself go, it just must not matter to her. All of that's nonsense. And for your listeners, it's nonsense because we care deeply. As a matter of fact, the more we care, the more we got of this going on, the more we're fighting ourselves on the inside. And we feel more shame and we feel more powerlessness and we feel more guilt. And those, by the way, those feelings on top of the fight, create another chemical cascade that groove in your losing pattern even deeper. So it just goes in a bad direction for a long time. But this lady did not need more motivation. She didn't need a bigger why. She didn't need anything other than to retrain that alarm in her head. And once she did, all of a sudden she had the right everything. As soon as she got that out of the way of her own operating system and got it to work, everything worked. And that's what I want people to know is once you get the information how people get the information when they get my whole system is I just did it. I can't do it like school because it's top brain. So I just took a group over the phone of people who were profoundly stuck and embarrassed and ashamed about it. Some for business, some for personal, some for too much email, whatever. It was their thing. And you just listen for six weeks as they apply. They get a new chunk and they apply it and they come back and they talk about it. And you hear the breakthroughs. And I find, because I do a lot of group coaching, that when people learn this, it goes in under the wire, their unconscious mind. Your unconscious mind makes leaps. Oh, I didn't know it could work that way. Oh, it maps over on the success yeah. of other people yeah. and it makes it believable. So that's how that works. That's number one. The other thing, an actionable thing people could do immediately, that treadmill lady story might be sideways, but you're never going to forget it. The lady on the treadmill, and we just did a piece for your unconscious mind to go, oh, wait a minute, there's some other thing. Another very useful thing for people to know is that just if you ever had a chemistry class in school, an acid and an alkaline cancel each other. These chemicals that come down when the alarm fires off and you feel dread or nervousness, even if it doesn't register here, it's happening. When you do what NLP would call this a pattern interrupt, when you do something really out of the ordinary that also has a component of silliness to it, it cancels out some of that chemistry. So it makes it easier to teach your organs that, oh, this isn't a problem. It's easier to not feel so dangerous. So when it comes to making phone calls, This is really fun. I used to do things like specific prescriptions for people that needed a call. I would say, okay, how are calls for you? How long has it been since you've made them? What happens to you? Oh my God, so much dread. Okay. Do you have one of those bouncy balls? Like when you go to the gym, those big rubber balls that you can do back? Okay. If you have one of those under there, I don't know what they are, $15 on Amazon. You blow it up. Okay. You could, it's very hard to keep the dread to the same degree. If while you're making phone calls, you're bouncing on the ball. Like it's hard because there's, there's silliness. So then we say, but making calls is way too hard for most people. So we start smaller than that. Like back, I started this with cold calling when people had flip phones, right? You'd flip open the phone. You'd make a pretend bouncing on the ball and maybe wearing a clown nose, which nobody can see, or putting your kid's little tutu on your head. Uh You know what I mean? A silly calling hat. You're looking at me like, that sounds weird. I know it sounds weird. (laughs) But this is the back door because yeah. it's really hard for the same chemistry to happen. I'm wondering. you might
2: <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually thinking about something else. It's Michael Javier, who wrote Seven Levels of Communication. It's realtor. He's in the industry. He wrote the forward in my book. He has a little system to get you to do things. And I'm actually thinking about that because all it is, and I don't know the exact number that's on it, but on a piece of paper, and he provided it in his book, is you yeah. have the words, do it now. Okay. Repeated like 70 times, let's say. I don't know how many times, but, and I don't know why he chose the number I did, but literally you sit there before you do something you don't want to do and you go, do it now, do it now, do it now. And you pass it off. So you go, do it now, 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 do it now. And you repeat that 70 times. It's hilarious. And I know the pattern for it. And it's the funniest thing because when you get down to the last one, you reach
0: over, you pick up your phone, and you make the. You do, because that's a very NLP. It's a very NLP thing you've done right there. We call that an anchor. Yeah. So an anchor is any stimulus that produces a predictable response. And that can be, some of them just happen if you walk through the mall and you smell the cologne of your first boyfriend and you feel something. That's an anchor you did not implant, but you can implant them too. So yes, I do it now. And if you're checking it like, off, like as healthy. you're going, yes. Now See, that works infinitely better than the self-talk way. And I like self-talk, but it can only be part of a complete system. This backfires too. People that are sitting home doing affirmations and wondering why it doesn't work and why they feel worse about it because it's a top brain thing and your top brain's in jail. And it creates more of this, which is like cognitive dissonance where you're fighting yourself. If you are trying to affirm something that you do not believe, you're making a much, much bigger underground fight. So rather than trying to affirm, I have a million dollars in the bank or I have a hundred million dollars in the bank when you don't, well that you're just making it way worse. You're digging yourself into a hole. But you could instead just change that this much and say, wouldn't it be nice if I had a hundred million dollars in the bank or a million in the bank? Wouldn't it be nice? Just changing it to a question of, wouldn't it be nice? There's a gentleness to that instead of a hunger and an attachment. Which and so that alarm
2: allows it to go through.
0: Yeah. Yes. Sneak in. Yeah. So can you feel between the two yeah. of those, which one feels more dangerous and which one feels safer? It's not a threat. I have a million dollars in the bank for a hundred million. You don't. <laughs> you're yeah, you're lying you and because no, it's, you're what's something. happening, yes, it's not only you don't, but you lose or you can't, it like kicks up all those yeah. negatives. How are going to do that? I've
2: got all these reasons why, who can I talk to? I don't really have the wherewithal. And so now, right. all of that just drips right in
0: immediately and there's no... Like, it sends you down some trail that's really not helpful. But, and for most people, it, it's a whole lot of shame because what they're missing is they think all these other people, Tony Robbins told me I was supposed to do that. Harv Eckert told me I was supposed to do that. It must be working for everybody else. So this must prove that I'm this huge loser because it must be working for everybody else. No, it's not. It's because no, everybody's I mean. coming at it from here, you know? Yep. Yeah. And I've been there, by the
2: way, when I first started in the business, and I explain this all the time when I'm doing a business planning class, is that someone said, write down your goals. So I wrote down $100,000 and let it be written, let it be done. Never <laughs> happened. The mm-hmm. next year, someone said, actually, you have to tell somebody, too, because if you tell you write it and then you tell somebody. So I'd say, okay, I want to make $100,000. Hey, by the way, Wendy, I want to make $100,000 this year. And let it be written, let it be said, let it be done. Nothing mm-hmm. happened. So I use that as an example of saying the same thing. Even if you said, I just want to make $100,000 a share, not to the extreme of the million, but just I wanted to make X amount of dollars a share, you're going to have all these reasons why you're not going to make $100. I can't make phone calls. I don't do cold calling anyway. If someone's listening and they're like, I can't do phone calls or cold calls, I'm afraid to do calls, I'm afraid to meet with realtors, I'm afraid to stand in front of a room and teach a class. I'm afraid to do all these things. What if the client doesn't like me? What if my rates are too
0: high? And so now
2: you don't make $100,000. And
0: it does. See, what I'm really up to because of where I came from, I'm up to a bigger game than this procrastination thing, but this is the doorway where people find me or the clutter that they have or their inability to come through. And I have got this magic way to retrain your alarm. But what I'm more interested in is the shame falling away and Mm -hmm. the self-judgment falling away. And you can't, force yourself to do that either, trying to make yourself not judge yourself actually causes yourself to judge yourself for the judging. Right, because you were saying before, because you're bringing it up in your... But one of the incredible benefits that happens when people learn how to retrain their alarm is that then you're getting into action, then your action bears fruit, which is exactly like your book, because nothing happens by thinking. I tend to be a science nerd with some woo-woo, but I don't believe in the sit on a pillow and just affirm it and it will come. You have to have right. your feet walk and you have to take action. And confidence comes from taking action, not sitting around being perfect till you're ready. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite of that. Right. It's throwing some stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and doing some more and not well, needing and to that, be And that is
2: also inco- increases your emotional intelligence as well because now you're able to do some problem solving, you're seeing some things, and we know that there's a direct correlation with emotional intelligence over total intellect in your ability to make more money.
0: Completely. And you're out when you're doing that and you're more emotionally intelligent. You're meeting your market and that's where all the things happen. That's where the sales happen. Nothing happens when you're sitting back being prepared. But what if you could find a way that you could feel safe To meet your market easier, not needing to be perfect, because that's another way to try and be safe. I'm reminded of this great story I had when I lead large group calls. I always start with who had a win. You know what I mean? Because it raises the energy and it inspires anybody. Something, yeah. So, who had a win? And one day this woman came on and she's, I had a win. We've had X number of dollars increase in the business this week, and it was quite a bump. I don't remember the number. It was quite a lot. I'm like, that's great. How did that happen? And she said, I made phone calls. It was great. Okay. (laughs) How many did you make? about 60 a day I'm like 60 a day because she'd been in my program a month and she'd been making no phone calls I'm like just a minute let's yeah. want, rewind what was it like last month and she said oh I hadn't made calls to anybody for anything in many months she said I hate the phone so much I wouldn't even get on the phone to invite people to a dinner party I send email like I hate the phone yeah. I'm like uh-huh And what allowed that to happen? She said, I don't know. I did your thing and I bounced on a ball and I wore a stupid calling hat and I made pretend phone calls for a couple of weeks. And then one day it just didn't seem like any big deal. And I started to dial and I think I made 10 and the next day I made 20 and then I was making 60. But what was so interesting, it was just staggering because one of the things we do, which is also an NLP thing, we've all been taught no pain, no gain. And what happens is the really weird brain adaptation we have, the brain's always sorting for what's dangerous and what might be a threat. And as soon as something feels like it's solved, it goes, okay, next. And it looks for the next danger. And it forgot that last thing ever was a problem. So as we were talking, she wasn't even registering. It felt no big deal that I made all this money and make 60 calls a day. Because even though it had been a lifelong thing, as soon as it was fixed and the alarm didn't see it as dangerous anymore, well, it's just the new normal. So it's also very important to own your wins and underline it. Otherwise, your unconscious mind doesn't get the message that you crossed the finish line that you wanted and it'll sometimes go back and recreate the problem again because you didn't. But there's another guy I had from Belgium and he was so cute because he'd been so stuck in his business for so long. And I let them make up. I give suggestions and stuff, but when they're adding this silliness in, starting the day with a silly action or, or marrying that with the thing they've been dreading, mm-hmm. he decided in Belgium they call swimming trunks swimming pants. Yeah, and so he would get up in the morning and he would pull his swimming pants out of the drawer and put them upside down with the elastic band here on, oh, his, yeah, head. on his head. Oh yeah, on his head. Yeah. And then go, woo, 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 and start his day. And that should not, any expert you talk to, that shouldn't make a difference. That shouldn't. But in fact, it did. In fact, he was like, he's been stuck for so long. But, so the point is that these are very counterintuitive things. That shift it.
2: Yeah, it is. It's so interesting. And what I love about what you've explained is how easy. First of all, thank you for not using technical terms as many technical terms as most people do. I love the thought process of the first, second, and third level. And I know that just knowing that will increase the awareness of everybody because Mm -hmm. I know it will for me today. I will probably think of the treadmill at some point, but I know that anything that I'm doing, I'm going to be saying, "Hey, did that just get trapped?" And think of physically how I'm feeling doing something. Did that just get trapped and it just didn't allow me to move forward? And I think that reticular activator will continue to grow and manifest. Now, whether someone does anything about it is going to be the real key thing. And this, for most people that are listening, call reluctance is one thing. And I do think it goes across a broad spectrum, but not as many people do cold calling in the mortgage industry. Right. More about the conversion factor of loans is that, even for realtor, and this is for everybody. But you met with someone, and now they didn't make the decision right there, right? Or they need to think about it, or they say, "Okay, well, this sounds really good. I'll get back to you." Now the call reluctance hops in because you don't want to feel like a pest. This is what right. like. I don't want to bother them. I don't want to feel like a pest. And I always tell everybody: remember, it's not a sales call; it's a service call. You have a service that they need. And so think of it as a service call you're there to help and serve. But I think that this is also an issue that people need to get over. And it's that same thing is they didn't take it the first time. So they're probably not going to take it now. So I probably don't want to call them because I don't want them to say no and reject me and all that stuff. So, you know, if you're listening and that's, you need Wendy.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can solve it because here's the thing, you, as I've been pointing to through our time here, when the brain and the nervous system feel safe. You're suddenly your smartest. You don't have the resistance that you had. You can do anything, just like the lady running a mile a day, like when it feels safe in there. But the trick is how... To make it safe, and when you've had a meeting with somebody and they didn't buy now, which is most of the time, it's not. We don't expect them to buy on the first one call right. closed. But that is the place that people don't follow through. That's the close to the money activity. What's closest to your money?
2: It drives me crazy. And you and I were talking before we went went on camera here was that people come to me and say any more leads, any more relationships, but it may not be that. It may be that you have everything you need if we can just get you to do more follow up and follow through. Mm-hmm and avoid oh, yeah. whatever it is that's blocking for you, wherever that's deeply rooted and what it means for you, then very quickly your income can increase overnight.
0: Oh my God, you can't yeah. even know the stories, but it is, it's all about retraining so it doesn't feel so dangerous. And the best thing, which I have not said and, and I need to say, is nobody listening here needs to know how or why their trigger got installed because yours are different than mine, Jen, and everybody listening, they're a little bit different. Most people have some junk about money because you inherited whatever your parents ran, their beliefs and programming around money. And that's what you were born in. And you and I both know about overcoming that, but that's what's your sort of set point right? And so this is not like therapy. What's great, thank goodness. It's not like you need to go back and identify why I don't want to do laundry or why I don't want to make calls. Yeah, you
2: don't. About money. Am I sabotaging myself because I've got some limiting belief about money?
0: I do run a program on that, and there are people that go deeper that really explode. But for this movement to not converting, you've gone 98% of the way. You've had the conversation. Your stuff is already. You've got a way for people to pay you. You know what you're doing oh, but you don't want to make that follow-up call and see why they haven't. Part of it is this energy of safety or danger again. When somebody's in and it can move and it can move just from learning the procrastination cure because if you're in a place where money is lacking and you feel hungry, there's that hungry energy to make the sale then it puts too much pressure on you. Then you worry more about what they'll think. If people listening can imagine, they could for a moment stand on a ladder in your mind's eye and look down on two versions of yourself talking to these follow-up phone calls, right? And on the one hand, there's the person who's super attached to the outcome. There's a hunger in it. Yes. And in the other one, The other person is not attached. Like you, of course you'd love a sale, but you just know you've got so many in the pipeline. You've got so many people to talk to. It's not going to make or break your month, no matter what this person says. And if you feel into those two people, you'll notice that the one that's hungry and attached is scared. And the one that's unattached is not scared. And prospects are like, dogs, they can feel when what we're vibing. And so what this training does, what the system does, because it's what I had to do, because I was scared of everything. I couldn't leave my house after dark for years. My nervous system shouldn't have been able to be here. And I'm just here to say no matter how bad it is for you, it can be different because I retrained it using methods like this. And when your little alarm is not triggered by everything, or the little alarm gets retooled to go, oh, that's okay, that's safe. Then it takes it off the table as a threatening activity and all of a sudden you just find yourself talking to everybody and striking well, up conversations. A it becomes yes. a and I talk yes. all the time about chasing versus
2: having it come to you. If you become a magnet for all those things that you were at one point repelling. Right. <laughs> <You were> absolutely <laughs> repelling. Wendy, it's been Absolutely, pleasure having you here today, and I thank you for those tips. But I really encourage those. If you're listening in on this, you're watching this. I really encourage you to get in touch with Wendy and see how you can break through this in a matter of 90 days. That's your choice. You can do nothing and continue to fight this for years and years, or you could do something. Stop talking, take action, get results. <laughs> right? You can do that. The action here is to explore. It's just yeah. an exploratory conversation. So. Wendy, what is the best way for everyone to get in touch with you? And I know you have a gift for everybody as well. So I what, do. What's your best method for people to move
0: forward with this immediately? Yes, the best way is to just get a taste of it. So we have got a special gift for your people. So the place to get that gift is to go to procrastination-cure, which there's a little hyphen in there. you got to put yeah. the hyphen. So procrastination-cure.com forward slash JDP. Jen Duplessis, okay, JDP. Mm -hmm. And that way, you'll hear the first module of the Procrastination Cure, plus another gift that we have, which is valued at $150, that's about how the brain entrains culturally. We're picking up at certain times of the year on the thoughts, feelings, and stress, and emotions of the people around us, and how to not do that, and then maximize your momentum during those times of the year. So those are for your listeners, and that would be the best way And I have got a contact form for people that want to know more, but there's a way to get the cure is um, ridiculously easy to have an inexpensive, you don't even need to carve out hours to listen to it. You download 60 or 70 minute calls to your phone and then listen for five minutes when you're stuck in traffic or in line at the grocery store and it will go into your unconscious. Yeah, it's easy peasy.
2: Well, thank you for that gift. I really appreciate it. And then if they want to just get in touch with you and they want to bypass by the free gifts, and say, okay, I just want to
0: talk to her. It's just yeah. go to wendyhart.com. No, not wendyhart.com. There's wendyhartcoaching.com, but you could actually go to the procrastination-cure in the contact sheet. Or okay. for the golfers, you could go to yourbestmentalgolf.com. And oh, that's an yeah. easy way for us to have, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. So Anybody I in the 80s or 90s. With, here, At least on this call, I hope they aren't going, I don't really care about business, but gee, my golf game. Sure. A lot like of people, that. it's funny, they do, and I they'll to, I don't want to make more money, but I want to fix my golf game because yeah, it's crazy. That's okay if that's what worse. Okay, so procrastination dash or hyphen, however you want uh-huh. to do that, cure And mm-hmm. you can find out information about how to get in touch with Wendy directly or go to procrastination-cure forward slash JDP. Similar, it's not really my initials, but similar, I, sorry. so that's okay. It's okay. Fun. I get lots of calls for Miss Do. Oh, you're kidding me! Yeah, and I get oh. from Chinese people, which is more hilarious than anything. Else. Oh, yeah, they think that I'm uh, Chinese because my last name's Du. Oh, that's
0: funny. No, uh, sorry, I just no, saw. No, I know. I, I know. I, it's so big okay. deal. I'm
2: so used to it. people going JDP. No, it's good. So yeah, no. So I, I, really encourage you if you're listening in, please share this and listen. If you know somebody who, and I always ask you to share this forward and share this podcast with people. But if you know someone who's procrastinating and having mm. a struggle. Because I actually know someone who's really overweight and doesn't want to lose weight because she has a bad experience when she was thin. And so she's got this wall up and maybe it's safer to be heavy. If you know someone like that, then definitely share Wendy's information. They don't even have to listen to the entire podcast. Just send the information to them.
0: Thank you.
2: Wendy, thank you so much for sharing all of this wonderful information. And yes, it's very technical, but I was very engaged throughout the whole thing. This is one of my longest podcasts, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to chop it up. And I hope that everyone else was able to listen through the very, very end to make the change in their lives. I know I'm going to do it because I'm going to go through and figure out what I have, because I know I have some procrastination in areas. I think we all do. So Mm -hmm. I can't wait to explode some things with myself too. So Thank you very much for the time today. It was an absolute pleasure.
0: Right back at you. It was lovely to be able to share with your your listeners. Thank you.
2: We'll see you at our next event together. And thank you so much for taking time. And we'll catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery.
1: Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community, where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more.